Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So let's get right into it. We are joined on the Goodyear Hotline by the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich. Fresh off his team's win over Frank's former team, the New York Jets. Good morning, Coach. Hey, morning, guys. Uh, good to be with you. What's happening, Frank? You got any room for an old geezer like me on the roster? Well, I was thinking, I was definitely going to throw that out there to you. I know you can still do it. No, nah, I don't know if I can still do it. It might take a couple years to get in shape, but, you know, <laughs> by, the end, by the end, I'm sure you'll go find another young Michael Pittman. I was telling the guys how uh, when I came in as a, uh, a rookie, I was late to training camp from the holdout situation, but – out of all the veteran players, the one guy who took me aside and, and made sure that I watched film and studied me up was you. And then we went out there against the Arizona Cardinals. And when you got the opportunity to play and start in that game, you and I uh, put some magic together out there. I think I had, I don't know, eight or nine catches for a little Ooh. shy under 100 yards and a touchdown. But it was all about Frank Reich to Keyshawn Johnson at that point. Because the only thing I can remember is this is – Frank Reich from the Buffalo Bills. Oh, my God. You know, as a rookie. But congratulations to all the success and everything you're doing right now in terms of the Indianapolis Colts. I, I, I just – every time I get an opportunity to watch you coach somebody up, I knew that you would always be a, a, a great coach and mentor. And you certainly are doing that with Carson Wentz now. Well, I appreciate that, Keyshawn. Yeah, it's been good. we got a great group of guys here. And as you know – all too well. It's all about that locker room. It's all about getting the right chemistry and the right playmakers. And, um, you know, as a guy who was a former quarterback, um, you know, I, I just uh, respect and appreciate guys, guys like yourself. And when you and I were teammates, like it didn't take me long to see you coming in as a rookie and see that, you know, the kind of impact player that you were. And, that, and that's really what we're looking for here with the Colts. You know, we're looking for guys who can come in, be good teammates, but, you know, make plays on the field. I mean, you got to come through in the clutch. And, you know, we're, we got off to a slow start this year, but I do believe we got the right guys in the locker room, the right playmakers, the right kind of team guys. I, I believe we're starting to hit our stride a little bit. Um, obviously, we'll be tested this week against a, a team that's in a defense that's starting to play really good right now in Jacksonville, but we're looking forward to it. Coach, you know, you talk about guys that can make an impact on the field, and you, you see things from a from a quarterback position. What made you, or what did you see in Carson Wentz from last year to this year that confirmed in your mind that he is the guy that can lead this franchise? Yeah, I mean, I just saw really the cumulative body work. I know last year was a was a bad year. It was a bad year for the you know for the team in general last year. With the, you know the Eagles had a rough season. Carson had a rough season, but. Right. I mean, we all know you got to look past that and, and see it for what it is and understand and contextualize the whole thing. So um, what I what really convinced me was I knew what he looked like in 16 and 17 when we were there together. Um, but I, what I really did was I studied the film hard from from 18 and 19 and not just 20. And in 18 and 19, there was still a lot of good football. I still saw a lot of good football. I still saw a guy who could who really knew how to protect the ball, knew how to make big plays, um, and was still in other ways getting better. So um, I really looked for, and, you know, we hit it all personally. So I believe in the guy. I know he's a smart guy. On You know, Carson's got top football intellect. And so really embraced the opportunity to work together again. 
Coach Frank Reich joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. After you had an opportunity to see him against the Tennessee Titans, and I would characterize it as two bonehead plays the last two minutes of the game, what did, he, what did you tell him about that, and what did he take away from it to get better? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, you know, he'd been playing so good and then, you know, made two mistakes down the stretch. And, you know, it wasn't helped by, you know, me on the one call. I didn't like the call. As, as I said after the game, it was a bad call. I, I put him in a bad situation. But um, he knows he's still got to, you know, like every great player, you got to, you know, you got to outplay your coaching at times. So, anyway, um, you know, the good thing about Carson, and I just think this really shows continued leadership and maturity, is, you know, he stood up at the podium afterwards and he said, that's on me. Those are two bad plays, and I got to be better than that. That's that's what he should do. That's what he did. That's what a leader does, and um, and you know, and learn from him. But again, what you know, when I look at the whole body of work, and I, I said this earlier to or a couple days ago to someone actually before our game against the Jets, was hey, if you know, if you told me at the beginning of the year, if I ask you, hey, Carson's eight games into it is going to have 14 touchdowns and three interceptions, are you feeling like he's back on track? And, of course, any I think anyone would answer yes to that question. And then we went out and, you know, and we threw the two interceptions against the Titans late, um, but then responded well against the Jets. And, you know, there's no givens. we gotta, we got to continue that track. I mean, you got to be smart with the football, make good decisions, and put your team in the right position. Talking to head coach Frank Wright, Colts head coach, of course. Coach, um, Carson Wentz was spectacular in 17 especially. Um, and – this year has played I, to me, to my eye better and better, and then the Titans, the, the 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 problems at the end of the Titans game is that. How do you strike the balance with him because he is capable of doing a lot. He has a big arm. He's tough as nails. He can move. How do you strike the balance with him in terms of that just is, running that, an well, offense that, and and trying to do too much sometimes in the big moment? Yeah, and you're exactly right, and that's that's always going to be the challenge. You know, what's that healthy tension? How do you? How do you find, you know, we talk about healthy tension. Listen, we all know the guy's a gunslinger and can make big plays. And so our job as a coaching staff is, you know, not to, yeah, yeah, to rein him in a little bit, but, you know, he's still got to make some of those plays and he's still got to make big plays. We still need him to make big plays. I think he's been doing a great job of that this whole year, finding that balance, making big plays. But you're gonna. It's it's a hard position to play. You see it every week. Every week you see the best players in the NFL making bad mistakes. It happens every week, and uh, the good players just don't make too many of them. And you know, I think as I look at Carson's year this year, he really hasn't made too many of those mistakes. Um, he's made a couple, and I'm sure he'll make a couple more before the year's out, um, because we, you know, we want him to be aggressive. But we'll continue as a coaching staff, you know, to try to you know, maintain the discipline of stay with the progression. Don't forget the check down. Um, but, but by and large, I think he's doing a great job with it. Frank, how has Jonathan Taylor helped your offensive situation in particularly Frank, uh, in particularly uh, Carson Wentz? Yeah. I mean, Keyshawn, I mean, right, you, you guys all see it. I mean, this guy's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league and everybody knows that you get a beast like that carrying a football. It's just going to help the quarterback. So, um, and what also help, helps is, you know, we got a very good offensive line who is who is playing pretty good right now. So, you know, if we're going to continue to have any success and make any noise in the back half of the season, it's going to be because of that. And um, But here's the other thing that we all know is that 
you you know, it's hard to really get all the way to the top with just a running game. You need a quarterback that can make plays. So I'm really excited. We're really excited. Colts Nation, I believe, is excited that, hey, we got a running back who's one of the best players in the NFL. We got a quarterback who can make big plays, who's playing good football right now. And so, you know, we can make some noise, but that's only going to happen, right, if if we continue to get better. I mean, we still got a long way to go. Uh, we got a tough matchup this week. And so that's really what we're all about. That is head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich, on the Goodyear Hotline. Thanks for joining us this morning, Coach. Best of luck. Go get them. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Keyshawn, always good hearing from you. And uh, right. Just get get in shape. You know you always got a home here. I mean, because you you are the kind of play you always have been, dude. You always have been. I always respect that about you, and I appreciate even watching you and following your career now and the success you're having. So good talking to you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, brought to you by Goodyear. I quit, Jay. Making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Um, all right, Max. I'm done. You guys can have done. the show. Maybe we go hook up with Carson Wentz, man. Yeah. About to go hook up with the Colts. Uh, well, well, new, well, we can't, are you going to be a wide receiver or would you be more of a tight end now? So you I'm almost, just saying that way. You almost got your cursed Your body out has changed. Your body All I got to do is lift weights and, and get in shape. Jay, you know what he's missed, though? He finally got a great quarterback, and now he wants to join another team. See, that's the problem. No, I, had, the Evan, best I had a great quarterback. In, I, finally in, got a I had quarterback. a quarterback in Boomer, the, you know, Chris Berman. A 50-burger <laughs> that led to a 9-1 start. And speaking of starts, beginning of the end starts tonight. ESPN Radio celebrates Veterans Day. I'm Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just want to send a big, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans, the people that have served this country to give us all the amazing freedoms that we have. We love you and thank you for everything that you've done. Celebrating veterans, past and present, on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business, and bought? Wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to 
prizepicks.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance College Basketball Season mm-hmm. tips tonight with the Champions Classic. Number three, Kansas takes on Michigan State. And the 10th-ranked Kentucky battles number nine, Duke. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So with that, let's get Keep to Jay's round ball rankings, college basketball title contenders. Kick it off, boys. Number five. Michigan basketball, Juwan Howard, Seth Greenberg. What he's been able to do at Michigan has been beyond incredible. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, you can't bring former players back to be big-time coaches because they don't know how the coaching world operates on a collegiate level. Well, he's done that. He brought in the Big Ten's top recruiting class, actually second recruiting class in the nation. When you return guys like Eli Brooks, Brandon Johns, combined with talents like Caleb Houston, Kobe Bufkin, the recruiting class, this team has a chance to be special in Big Ten basketball. Moving to the next. Number four. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. Kansas basketball, Bill Self, David McCormick, 6'10", has a sweet touch from the outside. You talk about guys like Ochi Agbaji. I always butchered our name, even when I was a college basketball analyst at five. five <laughs> 6'5", lead guard. You talk about Remy Martin, the transfer from Arizona State. Seth, once again, Bill Self has reloaded, retooled, ready to go back in the Big 12. Number three. Woo, he's at Texas Tech, leaves Texas Tech to then go to Texas? What? Chris Beard, and he's done it just like he always does it. This guy brings in the transfers. Transfer after transfer after transfer. Landing five of the nation's top transfers. Combine that with Andrew Jones, Courtney Remy. You talk about what they have in the backcourt. Texas is loaded. Man, my man Shaka Smart goes, and then Chris Beard has him a chance to win a championship, Seth. How quickly the world changes. Number two. Mark Few, Gonzaga basketball. You thought last year they had a chance to do it. This year, they also have a chance to do it. Yeah, they lose guys like Jalen Suggs. They use, lose guys like Corey Kispert. But, man, when you get Drew Timmy back, you're looking for his offensive game to continue to expand. We'll see if that can happen. I question that to a degree. Andrew Nimhard, the transfer from Florida. And then you talk about Chet Holmgren, the number one overall player in this recruiting class, brings the versatility, can shoot from the outside, can pick and pop, gives you everything you want from a top recruit. Gonzaga's back and reloaded. Number one. The best field goal story last year in the 2021 NCAA March Madness. UCLA Bruins. Yeah. Mick Cronin. You can say, yeah. <laughs> he can say, yeah. I know he's a USC guy. But look, the Pac-12 didn't really do their thing last year during the regular season. They had four teams in the Sweet 16. Okay? Only two players not coming back. You return the name you need to pay attention to, the star of this team, Johnny Juzang. Seth, can you just tell them about Johnny? John Juzang is a bucket. He outperformed his numbers in the NCAA tournament compared to what he did in the regular season, but averaged 22 points a game in the tournament, shot almost 40% from a three. You know, I got a question for you, though. Sure. I mean, I got a question for you. Are you trying to get thrown out of the brotherhood again? No, no. I'm, I'm giving us room for improvement. I'm not trying to start us off at the top. I want us to end. Are you at hedging the top. your bets with Duke? I do it all I mean, the time. Are you hedging your bets? I mean, so I mean, like if if Follow. you came to the garden, would people talk to you? I mean, I of mean, course. Of course, because I'm going to pick us to win it when it's all said and done. And that's that all that matters. Well, wait Greenberg. a second. If, if, if let me introduce you. Oh. Let me introduce you, Coach. That's Seth Greenberg, who Jay was consistently referring to Seth throughout his uh, top five. 
He is joining the conversation, giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Take it away. It's the proper intro for you, Seth. Enough. Enough. Yeah, Yeah, I would just say enough. I mean, is Duke in your top five? Yeah, Duke's in my top five. Duke's the most talented team. Duke is old school Duke. Now, they've got to defend a three last year. They gave up about 35% from the three. But you look at their talent, and you know, Jay, because you played on those teams. They have more pros. They have more lottery picks. They could have the player of the year on Paulo Cancero. uh, You know, uh, Mark Williams, Williams, the last six game, averaged 17 points, six rebounds, and 1.7 blocks. I went and watched him practice. He gets every rebound. Remember this name, because he's the closest thing I've seen to you in a lot of ways, Trevor Keels. Mm. Trevor Keels is a physical, tough guard that can defend and make shots. Duke has got to be in the conversation for top five. I love number one. I think UCLA, they had Peyton Watson. Sorry, Key. Sorry. Uh, they had Miles Johnson, who's an elite defender, transferred from Rutgers. That's legit. Texas, too high. And I, and I love Chris Beard. You know, I actually spent two days with him last week. Um, they are really talented They've got to get Dylan Dissou, who transferred from Vanderbilt, healthy. But you've got two guards returning that were really good players, like really good players. Courtney Ramey, very good player, average 14 a game. And then, obviously, Andrew Jones, who obviously went through that cancer situation and is back, one of the best stories in college basketball. Added Marcus Carr, transferred from Minnesota, who's a dynamic guard. But how are those three going to coexist is going to be interesting. And then – you know, you're talking about five guys. If anyone can do it, it's Beard. I mean, the guy coached in junior college. He coached Division Two. He coached uh, semi-pro basketball. He understands how to put a team together. I think we're all kind of buying into, well, he did it at Texas Tech. It's going to be easier at Texas. It still takes time. So, yeah. I think Texas is a little too high. Coach, who, who out of the kids today in college basketball, the stars, will transfer or, or translate into the NBA star? When you talk about the Zions, the John Morant, so like, who's going to be? Yeah, that guy? those guys. I mean, Imani Bates at Memphis is a, is mm-hmm. absolute, really, really a dynamic player. He's six foot, eight inch point guard who can see over the defense, make plays. Jalen Dern, another kid at Memphis who is a uh, six foot ten. I went and watched them practice on their pro day. His ability to run the floor, catch in traffic, finish around the basket, make plays, really, really an interesting prospect. Memphis is a, it could be in that list of the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two guys, like, really, really kind of jump out at you. Ty Ty Washington, who we're going to see tonight at Champions from Kentucky, is a six foot four inch typical. I think Tyrese Maxey mm-hmm. uh, going to be a really exciting, dynamic player. Hunter Dickinson's not a freshman, but the kid from Michigan is a legitimate low post player. Michigan's really good. I mean, really good. Like, you, you, Jay Will, you're right on the money. And Eli Brooks, the guy who returned, Better is going to be the key. Here's the big thing, and you guys both, because you played at the highest level. This is going to be the oldest year in the history of college basketball because those super seniors got that year back Mm. because all of a sudden now guys had choices. Do I want to go out or do I want to come back to school because I get an extra year? You're going to see teams that are usually young. You think about Kentucky, usually one of the youngest teams in the country. Well, they got C.J. Frederick. You know, know, he's a a fourth-year junior. They've got Kellen Grady who transferred from from Davidson who scored 2,000 points already. They got Sevier Wheeler who came from, from Georgia. So all of a sudden you're taking some of these teams that are usually a little bit younger that have done it with one-and-dones, and now you're going to see the oldest year of college basketball. You're going to see the most mature teams, and mm. I think that's going to equate to a higher level of basketball. Sorry. And you're going to see guys that are playing like NBA teams. I, I want to ask you, because I, I watch highlights. I've not seen him up close in person, 
and he is skilled, like crazy skilled, but he is so skinny. The frame is so skinny. Um, and I know he'll grow into that frame, but what are your thoughts on Chet Holmgren? Obviously the number one player in the country going to Gonzaga. Yeah, he's got a little bit of unicorn in him. I mean, he, his skill level is ridiculous. I, Seven I feet, to, 195. 190. Yeah, 190. 190. <laughs> and he's put on weight. And he's put on weight. Yes. You know, talking to Blow on him, he's going to fall down. Yeah. But you got to catch him. <laughs> I mean, like, like he can block shots, he can run, he's active. He's a little stronger than he looks. Talking he said to Mark the same Field. about KD. Like, well, is he strong enough yeah, to play in the like, NBA? Yeah, well, different not, type not, of player, not, though. Yeah, you yeah. cannot make comparisons. My point is you can't tell. Like, just because you haven't seen a dude at that height yeah. and weight, it doesn't yeah, but that you, guy, hard Gonzaga to tell. going to be down low. He ain't going to be out there with Kevin yeah. Durant at. No, he's going to play elbow and down. Yeah, but the majority of him, majority of his stuff, though, is going to be in where going to be out the bang a little bit, too, right? He's going to be a pick and pop, drive it from the top. He's going to be a guy who runs the floor. He's a very good, like, he can rebound the ball on the defensive end and initiate your fast break. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he is Skilled, really man. special. You're talking to Mark very, very special talent. Going to be a great player. Their best player is Drew Timmy. Mm. And that, that's coming from me now. Their best player, Drew Timmy. People forget how efficient the dude is. Every time he shoots it, it's going in. His footwork but is But he wasn't incredible. the main focus of the offense. Do you think he'll, be, do you think he'll expand to being that priority of yeah, the offense? Yeah, well, he let him score it. I mean, yeah, I think he will. What, you know, they're going to miss Jalen Suggs. Yeah. There's, no, there's no doubt yeah. about it. But Nebhard, and again, speaking with Mark, Nebhardt is the best ball screen player he's ever coached. So you put Timmy in a ball screen with Nebhardt, all of a sudden he rim runs. You bring Caleb uh, uh, Chet Holmgren behind the play. You've got good space and they've got enough shooters. Gonzaga, Will they do it? Gonzaga, uh, Will they do it? I think they're going to be in a conversation. Uh, yeah, they, they're they're in a conversation every right single year. Remember last year you was on with they us were so you told me. Last year. No, Seth told me, right, they're going to win. You're foolish, Key. I'm like, man, I don't think I used the word fool. Well, something (laughs) close to that. But every every single year, though, we have this conversation about Gonzaga. And then in the end, they never finished the deal. Well, I mean, they they got to the championship game. And and Baylor was just. Every year. Baylor was. That's not a bad place to be. Yeah, just just bites at the apple. If you're in that conversation, that means you have a chance. Like. Look, Baylor was special. Defense, you're seeing it right yeah. now with Davion Mitchell. You're seeing it, obviously, with Butler. You're seeing you know, the dynamic of that team that they played against. They were physically overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, my concern for Gonzaga is this is the first year they're going to rely on a bunch of freshmen. I mean, they're going to rely on a bunch of freshmen. On a Silas, freshman. Obviously, Chet Holmgren, freshman. That's that. They're in new territory right Just now. Just as everyone's getting older and more mature, who they usually have the one and duns, young. now you talk, it, it flips, and it the team that has the more bit. maturity is going to have younger players. Seth, let me ask you about one more one and done, potentially. Paolo Benchero. A lot of people don't know that name. And obviously, people are going to say, oh, Jay, of course you're going to talk about Duke guy, but I'm telling you, when you see this, <laughs> he's a Jay, I'm telling you, you see this cat play? No, I saw, it's, I, that, it's that's different. the guy I was telling you, you about. Yeah, yeah you met his, his family, mom, right? His mom went through UW. Yeah. How different yeah. is he, Seth? Yeah, Ben Carroll, he's, he is, he's unique. And watching him play, he, he just jumps out. He's yeah. 6'10". He can put it on the floor and beat you on the bounce. He can shoot a three. Defensive rebounds, initiate your fast break. The thing that impressed me about Duke is they have a great chemistry right now. And, you know, every, everyone's going to talk about Coach K's last year and Coach K's last game in the Madison Square Garden, Coach K's last game. And that's great. Cameron Indoor Stadium North. Yeah, Cameron Indoor. But they've, they've got a really – this is the best team I've seen, and the team that's the closest I've seen to those championship teams because of their DNA. They've got a little bit of physicality. Wendell Moore finished the season last year, last six games, 11 points, 3.6 assists, five rebounds. 
Uh, Jeremy Roach, we don't even talk about him. A guy that can pressure the basketball. You know, everything starts at Duke. When they're really good, everything starts with the ability to pressure the ball. So this is the closest team I've seen to a team that can dominate you on the defensive end because they've been ook, Duke without the D. I mean, I mean, they, they can be Duke again where they can actually get up and under you. What a story it would be in his last season oh, if Coach K could win the whole thing. Uh, we're talking to Seth Greenberg here on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Let's get to the NBA real yeah. quick because I, I want – Steph dropped 50 last night. 50. The Warriors are 9-1 and one without Clay Thompson so far. What do you make of the start? I think that the way they're playing is different than most people in the NBA. And, Jay Will, you, you said it a second ago, they don't play as much isolation ball. They play with great spacing. The ball doesn't get stuck. They're probably the best cutting team. Because they shoot it so well, it opens up the floor for two things. It opens the floor for straight line drives, but it also opens up the floor for cutting and playing off the ball. And if you watch them, you're like, Steph can do this. Yeah, we know he can do this, all right? He's unique talent, all right? But because he does that – and. He's an eight-eye guy. You know what I mean by that is eight-eye. So when he has the ball, eight eyes are on him. And if you're an eight-eye guy, that means if everyone's watching the ball and watching him, what does that open up? Cutting lanes, open shots, step-in threes, penetration, kick, extra pass, shot. So uh, what they're doing is, is special. And what they're doing is they're playing probably the best style of basketball uh, of anyone in the NBA. They're playing a little bit like I thought Phoenix played at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. You know, hey. where better ball movement, better spacing, uh, better flow. And I know we're 10 games into the season, but Steph, to me right now, has the edge to be the MVP. And Kevin Durant's in that conversation. John Morant is also in that conversation from the Memphis Grizzlies because he's been putting on an absolute show. But just it, it's still – it's one of these things that – when you watch Steph play and when you get a chance to go on the court and you see it up close in person, his ability to get his shot off so quickly and his footwork and his handle. People always say, like, Kyrie, best handle in the league. And I get into arguments with people about this. I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I hear that. But, like, Steph is right there. Like, it's, it's the oh, yeah. ball floats out there and you think it's there to go for a steal, but his hands are so quick and his ability to shoot from anywhere constantly keeps you leaning like on the edge of your toes defensively, and that's how he's able to – and the continuity, Seth, like they get everybody – Otto Porter was making threes the other night. Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, the way he initiates the offense. You think about what this team could be when Klay Thompson actually comes back because there's not – nobody needs to have the ball to be effective. They all play together. It's scary. Yeah, the thing about Steph is interesting. His ability to do two things. He, he changes speeds. Yes. As well as anyone. And he doesn't do it like ch- change speeds just to explode. He changes speeds to then pull back to shoot that three. And and he does that, and he's got the ball on a string. I mean, he really does. His footwork and, and you know, you, great shooters, your ability to make shots starts with your feet. And he has a great preparation to get behind the ball so he can step into shots. Uh, he's a, he's a unique talent, and their style of play is is really Did you special. Hear that, Jay? That's Seth Greenberg, ladies he, and gentlemen. Yes, great shoot. You know. Yes, you want to give Jason some point? Just reinforce it, right? Yeah. I mean, let me ask you: when you were trying to get open, all right, when you tried to create space, what did you have to be able to do? Oh, I had to be able to defeat, stay low, drop, and drop my drop my hips and get yeah. in and out of the breaks. Yeah. Will the Red Sea get their revenge on Keyshawn? Uh, here Johnson? we go. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Time to get to Key's Real Rankings. You heard it. They're brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Take it away, Key. Yes, Number seven. It's time to be attacked 
by a lot of fans out there. The New England Patriots sit at number seven. When you think about it, the Patriots, five and four. And they're playing pretty good football with Bill Belichick. And, yes, Mac Jones is driving the bus the way that he should. Not pushing the ball down the field, but not creating turnovers and making major mistakes. They're costing The defense is playing well. They're certainly in the mix to win the division right underneath the Buffalo Bills. In the end, I do believe that the New England Patriots will probably win the division for like the 18th million time since they've been in existence. Number six. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, how could the Cowboys still be in my rankings after getting basically blowed out, as I would say. <laughs> Not blown out, but blowed out by the, by the um, Denver Broncos. Broncos. And so when you think about it, this team didn't look great, no question about it. But I'm not worried about them. They fell asleep at the wheel. Dak Prescott missed some time. He'll get back at it. They'll get back to winning ways this next upcoming week. I'm looking forward to them shutting Stephen A. Smith down one more time. Number five. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were off. They're just sitting at five, sitting pretty at six and two. Tom Brady's well-rested. We know what that's going to look like when he comes back this week and dominates the opponent. So I'm not going to elaborate on this much more. They are sitting at number five. Number four. Number four. The Green Bay Packers. Yes, they lost without Aaron Rodgers. But I know one thing. With Aaron Rodgers in there, you cannot tell me that this is not a top-four team in the National Football League. I don't care that the Kansas City Chiefs squeaked out a victory against a young quarterback in Jordan Love. What I do know is that if Aaron Rodgers is underneath the center, this is going to be a team that's going to contend for a Super Bowl. Number three. Number three, the Tennessee Titans. They're replacing the Rams in my poll this week. The Rams allowed them to go in there despite not having Derrick Henry underneath the center and dominate them. Obviously, the defensive side of the ball won that matchup for the Tennessee Titans against the offensive line of the Los Angeles Rams. This is the punishment that they get from me. They're not in my rankings this week. Tennessee deserves to be the number three spot. Number two. And number two, Mr. Do-It-All. Do-It-All himself, Lamar Jackson, the favorite in my MVP right now. The guy is going to account for about 5,800 total yards of offense this year if he continues to play the way that he's playing despite that. Hollywood Brown is coming to the party this year. A couple weeks ago, people were saying, where's his hands? Where Can we find him? But guess what? He's been balling of late. And number one. Number one. The Red Sea. I didn't ask you to say anything. Sorry. This is my segment. Sorry. The Arizona Cardinals are number one. <laughs> yes. They can now clown me, scream at me, bother me on social media. I don't give a damn. The Arizona Cardinals are number one not having top receivers in A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins at full health and in the lineup. But they figured out James Conner in the backfield. They also figured out, hey, we can win with Colt McCoy. We also can dominate the San Francisco 49ers with the all-world head coach in Kyle Shanahan. And might I say, Mighty Mouse did not play. Kyler Murray was not playing. In fact, he wasn't even dressed. And DeAndre. they still went out there and took care of business. And I said, not having DeAndre and A.J. Green in the lineup is still one. I mean, I only have one qualm. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. I just, uh, I know he played for him. It's tough. Just, you know, he has the Cowboys at six. Yeah, I don't like the And he said the Cowboys got beat up by the Broncos. I mean, the game was 30 to nothing for a minute. Um, That's, but then you use the word that the Titans had a dominant win over the Rams. Yes, I But they didn't them. dominate the Rams. The Rams had a chance to win that game. It was only 20 no, to they, 16. They, they dominated them 
from start to finish. The Broncos dominated the Cowboys from yeah. start. Yeah, that was that was a bigger beatdown. That, yeah. that was a bigger beatdown. Yeah. I just you know, I'm punishing. I'm punishing, punishing the Rams. Rams more than the Cowboys. Yes, Why? I'm punishing yes. the Rams because the Rams. He loves the Rams. The Rams shouldn't have done that. <laughs> they they can't. They shouldn't allow a team to come into their building and do that. I give the Cowboys a nod because the quarterback is coming off injury and relaxing, so they could be out of sync. On top of that, I factor in Devon Miller left the Denver Broncos, so they probably walked into the building assuming they were going to beat them anyway. I, you know one thing I'll say? I the get, Buffalo I Bills get, don't get anything from me because they let the damn Jaguars I, hold them to six points. I did not say anything. I get about the, the Arizona ranking because you're like, no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. They still win the whole thing. like a division. They go to but, San Francisco yeah, at on. full strength, and they pop And up. Jimmy G was like, okay, but, but here's the thing. They're getting Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back, presumably. Yes. Here's the and thing. AJ Green. Here's the thing about the Titans. This is my one beef. Here's what's crazy. It's like ironic. The Titans proved to me mm-hmm. that if they had Derrick Henry, they maybe should be one or two. But they the might fact be. that they don't, don't. have Derrick Henry, I can't have three. But see, if they had Derrick Henry, maybe they don't even beat the Rams. Why? Just because sometimes it works that way. They don't play that way. They do things different. Yeah, yeah. Now, different. So they might not even beat them. Who knows? I, I feel terrible for the Titans, man. It looks like it looked like that game proved to me if they had Derrick Henry, they'd be right there all year. I just Well, they know. might still be there yeah, all year. Like, why are you feeling I mean, bad for a team that is playing the best football in the league? Yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who else, though. For, by the same logic that you have Arizona won, you can look at the Packers. That's what I said. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not taking him out of my top four. I'm not taking him out of the top four. If they had Aaron Rodgers, man, they'd have have wrecked shop on Kansas City. Yeah, that might be. And in the end, I might, when push comes to shove, them and the Bucs, like Rodgers, Brady, I got to see Mighty Mouse, as you call him, do it under those circumstances before I believe he can beat the likes of Aaron Rodgers with the chips on the line. This is what I'm going to say. He's a – all he does is – dominates and wins you can't the the problem with him long term is his health every single year he comes up with injuries missing the game or not being able to play as well as he can because his injuries catch up to him. put it this way Lamar because he had that bad experience in the playoffs at first then he got better then he got better then he got better I'm more confident when the money is on the line in the playoffs Lamar is ready for that now I got to see Kyler in that situation yeah me too but I, I just think that Kyler for whatever reason, it's one of those deals that you just believe that he's yeah. going to do something. Some Russell Wilson yeah, in him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's going to yeah. do something. It's like, oh, this dude running around. He's going to do something. A lot and, of it. You know? Like, even that play of A.J. Yeah. Green turns over the right shoulder, they win that game. You yeah. Know? They win that game. Yeah, it's And true. that would have been one hell of a drive. That would have been that MVP stamp-like moment for him. You're not wrong. Bills aren't in there, Jay. Just I, so I, I know. I didn't, I didn't fight back against The that. Packers saw their future. <sighs> Did they? In Jordan Love on Sunday? Hmm. One expert says it does not look good. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the armed forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Sometimes even some people think of him as a senior insider. Ooh, <laughs> senior. Joins us here in studio. Mike. What did what did you make of? Uh, I know you are champing at the bit to talk about Chicago because he was on. Mike was on a terrific show in the afternoon called uh, this, this Just, Just In, in. two p.m. Very handsome host, <laughs> and he uh, he predicted Chicago was going to win that game. And when Fields was driving him down the field, I was thinking of you, Mike. But uh, Jordan loves first start start without you know like in place of Aaron Rodgers. What were your what were your thoughts? Very concerning. And when you have to make the decision at the end of the year, guys. Do we try to do everything we can within reason and then some to keep Aaron Rodgers? Or do we try to pass the baton to Jordan Love? You're looking at training camp, you're looking at practices, and you're looking at that game. And I would have a big concern. And one thing that's interesting, guys, I just want to quickly take you back to 2008. When we traded for Brett Favre at the Jets, it was very clear that they felt really good about Aaron Rodgers. Not just what they were saying, but how they were saying it. They were done with Brett Favre, and they were going to move on to Aaron Rodgers. The rest is history. I just don't think there's any way within reason, guys, that the Green Bay Packers could feel anywhere close to that with Jordan Love, which to me means we got to do whatever it takes to keep Aaron Rodgers. And that's not to say that Jordan Love can't and won't one day be a good quarterback, but there was nothing watching that game to say, like, he could take us to the playoffs next year. Well, I think when you have all the intel from practices and, and the meeting rooms and things of that nature, well, you can't necessarily just judge him off the one Kansas City game. And I've always said this all along. If, if in fact, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Super Bowl, he ain't going nowhere. He'll stay in Green Bay. If he doesn't go to the Super Bowl, chances are he can leave. With that being said, though, Mike, you got to think that they have enough information if they had to make that decision, that they would feel comfortable moving forward, knowing that 2022 could be a bumpy year for them at the quarterback spot. But because they've invested into this young man already, that they've got to give him an opportunity to try and succeed. Yeah, Key, that's a fair point. And if I'm them, if we can't keep Rodgers, I'm going to go with Jordan Love, and maybe I bring in competition. You know, like we've Mm -hmm. seen Ryan Fitzpatrick the last five or seven years Kind of be that, that veteran or competitor. 15 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys, let's face it. Ryan Fitzpatrick couldn't get into USC, so he had to go to Harvard. But anyway, the, the point being is, like, maybe they bring in, you know, pick a name, a Matt Ryan who moves on. Yes. But, but somebody to compete with Jordan Love. I agree with that. But my, my point is, and we know quarterbacks go up and down, right? Justin Fields showed us a lot last night, two weeks ago. Everybody was down on him. All my point is, Jordan Love's still a very young player. I just don't think you could say, hey – Aaron Rodgers is going to graduate, and now we're going to go to the playoffs with Jordan Love. Can we go to the Bears for a second? Because I just oh. want to—I I, I want to confirm. I know, I know we're showing highlights of Jordan Love's missed throws, 
but Justin Fields had a lot of made throws last night. There's a little bit of a qualm I have, Mike, that I kind of came in earlier and the guys talked me off that bridge, but now I'm going to go back to it. Watching Matt Nagy utilize his last time out to try to freeze a kicker for a 52-yard field goal. Like, I get the mental Jedi mind tricks that you play on a kicker, but watching that game in real time, I'm sitting there saying, oh, there's like 34 seconds left on the clock. Now you're going to leave Justin Fields to go down the entire length of the field with no timeout. Is that, is, am, I, am I right to have a gripe with yeah. that to a degree? Absolutely. The way the game is set up right now, Jakeem Grant, who's a great kick returner we drafted in Miami, they did the right thing. They let the ball bounce in the end zone to save time. If they had one more timeout, they may have won the game because they could have thrown an in-breaking route uh, and maybe got that 65-yard field goal to be, who knows, 50, 40, you know, 48, whatever it was. It was dead center. It, it just was dead yard. It would so have been a different kick, I of course. I agree with but. Jay Will. To have that one more timeout in your back pocket, let the ball go in the end zone, it's a touchback, clock doesn't start. And by the way, we should be talking about Justin Fields. Justin Fields in the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football gave him them the lead. And we could talk about the taunting call. We could talk about being offside. Like, good Pop Warner teams don't line up in the neutral zone on consecutive snaps. So I totally agree with you, Jay Will. See, Evan? See, you try to talk me off the bridge on that, Evan, this morning? Yeah, I, I don't agree. Um, use the timeout to ice the kicker. You're asking for a prayer and a hope to a go march down 60 yards with a young quarterback to get you in the field goal position with a young quarterback. It, it just. But he just marched you down he, the he field. He just done that. He, he just done yeah, that. But you're, but, you're asking him to do it again. So, yes. That I would rather use the timeout and try and freeze the kicker on a yeah. long field goal and have him shank or go wide left or wide right or potentially get it blocked. As Peyton Manning said, kickers are idiots. Exactly. I, would, I would take the timeout and try and get exactly. the mental advantage on Especially the kicker. Especially how is, many arguments, field goals kickers have missed this year. If you're making arguments on both sides, it's not an outright blunder. It's a disagreement. So you might not agree with Coach. I think it's tough to call it a blunder. Keyshawn, but, Jay, Will, and Max. You can talk about it ESPN app. Okay. Mike is sticking around. ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.